Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop. Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom. From comics and video games to science and technology, if it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap. I'm Boar. And this episode, well, we're going to be interviewing some fine folks from Adult Swim's Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. It's actually the second time we've talked with them, or at least some of them. This show is basically, if you did any kind of art classes in college, you probably saw some paintings by a fella named Hieronymus Bosch. He's a cool dude. And he painted some very severe depictions of of heaven and mostly hell. Very famous, very surreal, super twisted hell drawings. And the show is like Hieronymus Bosch paintings, mashed up with workplace comedies. Yeah, sort of like like The Office or something. But with no talking head testimonial cutaways. Right. The creative team is Casper Kelly, who we've had on the show a number of times. We'll link to all those times on this episode's page. Who did Too Many Cooks, the internet sensation Too Many Cooks. Which is a video I've made so many people watch. <laughs> me too. It's the like, gift that keeps down, on giving. You have 10 minutes, watch this. That was me for like a couple of months straight. <laughs> and Dave Willis, who created Aqua Teen Hunger Force, the voice of Carl and Meatwad. So the show is, it's live action, but it's also kind of animated because it's almost entirely green screened in some respects. So it's this perfect hybrid between animation and live action, a sort of a cartoon reality. Mm-hmm. They really blend things quite well. So we talked to Casper and Dave Back at the launch of season one of Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell, we'll link to that original interview as well. And now we're at season three. It's been two awesome seasons that you should go and watch on either, I guess, paying money for them on Amazon. I think they're on Hulu as well. I think if you go to adultswim.com, if you have like a cable login or something, you can watch them all. You can stream them. Yeah, only with certain cable providers, which is super annoying. cable providers, yeah. But if you do have the right cable provider, you'll find it quite easy and convenient, I'm told. Um, I can't attest to that. Don't have cable. (laughs) (laughs) But you can probably stream full episodes of the new season. Yeah, the new stuff you can just log on and watch right away without having to do any, any sort of rigmarole to watch them. It's a hilarious show. In addition to talking to the creators, we're also going to be talking to two of the stars, Henry Zabrowski, who you might recognize from Wolf of Wall Street as a chubby blonde bearded guy <laughs> from The Office. Oh, okay. Yeah, you recognize him now? Yeah. It's all clicking? It, it is, it's clicking. Cool, okay. And then uh, Matt Servito, who you might know from The Sopranos and Banshee. He's very imposing. And he plays Satan, or as we learned recently, not necessarily Satan. But uh, more on that in the interview, which I guess we should probably jump right into because it's actually uh, it's actually pretty long. With us on the line 
are the Your Pretty Faces Going to Hell co-creators. First up, Dave Willis. Hello. And uh, Casper Kelly. Hello, hello. I'm an actual ghost, and I use pancake makeup to appear human. <laughs> How's it going? Is this Cap? Yeah. Hey, good to hear you, man. Good to hear you. We also got uh, co-host Boar here, who I don't think you've ever met. Hi. Hello. I'm Boar. That's me. We, we all only have three-letter names here, so. Yeah, it's convenient. Yeah, it's convenient. We do that for you guys. So if you have to write it down, you don't have to write down more than three letters per person. Your name is Cap and Boar? Yeah. Yeah, it's B-O-R, though. Not not like the oh, pig and not like I'm boring. Although you might think I'm boring. I'm not going to no, no, tell no, you what I, to think. I, I assume like a, like a hair-covered pig. <laughs> I can do that, too, you know? Is that short for Boris or Gabor, or what is that? It's it's actually my first name backwards. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Hiding in plain sight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, the problem with having the name like Rob or Robert is that there's a shitload of us. So if you get in a group with like you know three or four of them, you got to start distinguishing. And I just didn't, you know opted to invert my name. But that's why you got to change your name to something like Scorpio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could do that. Really stand out. <laughs> yeah, because Henry Henry's name was Scorpio. He changed it to Henry. <laughs> I wanted to be among yeah, the real six, people. There were six Scorpios in his grade school. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually my full name. My, my birth name was Scorpio Dongwater, and so I changed it to Henry Zabrowski to get the Polish market because those yeah. stupid poles will buy anything. Except for bad acting. So, as you've heard from the cast side of things, we have Henry Zabrowski who plays Gary. Hi, my first name is Scorpio Dongwater. <laughs> it's nice for you to have me here, though. I changed it. I changed it to be more acceptable to my society. I like it. Matt. Rolls off the tongue, too. <laughs> Matt Servito, who plays Darren Farley, Senior Vice President of the 11th Circle. Nice. Look at you, man. Up on the, the latest episode. Yes, Matt Servito, Satan. My real name is Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, stood out, and I decided to, um, to change it to Matt Servito so I could be on shows where I could have vowels on the end of my name. I mean, I've never stopped working. <laughs> Getting the Italian market. Exactly. Yes. We, Henry and I have almost all of the, the European immigration of the early 20th century covered. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All of Ellis Island. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, season three of Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. What, if anything, really changed about this season for you guys? Henry's sober this year, which has really been nice. You know, yeah. That's been, yeah. Um, it's not so it affected the comedy, but at least Henry could finish sentences and know his lines. And it's just more of a, a, a lifetime kind of season, I think. I got to tell you what, I miss the booze. Otherwise, I feel like the show has gotten better. I feel like this season three, we actually have gotten much better. I rap in it, which everyone loves. <laughs> and I experienced female uh, emotion, which I think got played off very well. And I feel like we actually figured out how to run the show a little just behind the scenes kind of stuff better. Where we figured out better, like, you know, we now have like working bathrooms. And that's a big plus, And we have like enough food to feed everybody. <laughs> <laughs> So that was uh, that was an issue. Working bathrooms was an issue in, in the two prior seasons? To be honest, it was. Oh, yeah. One day on the Cerberus episode, we were shooting in the park, and uh, I think five people into the food line, and we were out of meatballs. That is true. And then I also remember, like, I don't know how many times, we have to shower ourselves, like, after we're covered in makeup, so we shower in order to get it off at the end of the day with the, the, the remnants of it using uh, shaving cream, but nothing like just, like, watching a fucking 
human centipede of grits just dump their Atlanta barbecue lunch out at the end of the day and then be like, sorry. And then you walk into the bathroom to, to shower and it's like the walls of the shower are brown from the flecks of duty from the, the bottoms of the disease mess. <laughs> but Jesus. now it really worked out. So you probably wouldn't be very cut out for transfer over to the gluttony department. I would, well, I mean, you know, in the end, yes, yeah, that's the problem. The dairy fight for food, it's just eating all the human excrement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is difficult. <laughs> it sounds like certain shooting conditions are really assisting you with method acting at the very least. That's the thing. It gets you, in, it gets you, yeah, it's all the same. We all have a body. And that's what it taught me. That's what Pretty Faces taught me, that we all have bodies and all bodies are special and sacred. <laughs> Dave, what? what changed for you? I want to know from the other side. We directed all of the ones together with the first couple of seasons, and uh, this time we split up the directing duties. So we both got some sleep, so that was good. <laughs> it really was interesting to see everyone be well-rested. Normally it's like I watch everyone, like I watch the show running process slowly turn both of them into skeletons by the end of the process, but this time it was nice. Belligerent skeletons. <laughs> When we talked to you guys around season one, the uh, the turnaround process as far as the, the post-production was down to the wire. Has that changed at all? We did no. an extra week buffer. Oh, good. An extra week. Awesome. <laughs> we, we finished the one that aired seven minutes before. Oh, is that right? <laughs> Fuck. We're still editing the one that's going to air this Sunday. No. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the audience feels how fresh they are, though. And they're excited mm-hmm. for that. Like, technically, you get 12 minutes of content, and you watch it, and you go, like, pass, or, like, I like it. It is hours of our work, of screaming and sweating and your skin falling off. Like, there's a lot of handmade work all up in this shit. Yeah, we, I mean, our first cuts are usually, like, 32 minutes long, and then we got to sort of somehow boil that down to 11 minutes. Wow. So, we sacrifice story for laughs. That's pretty remarkable. I mean, was that was it like that in season one? I, I got the DVD. There's no extended cuts on there. Uh, yeah. Well, we're putting out a Criterion version so nice. we can get you to pay for two DVDs. <laughs> I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tempt me. I'll do it. You and what army? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Not a big enough army for that first one. Yeah. But it, it is a phenomenal show, though. And the effects, they don't look down to the wire. It's so stylized that it all feels right. And I love all the weird, vaguely Hieronymus Bosch-style monsters and so on. Like, the creature design's very sharp. Well, we try hard. I mean, we have J.J. Uh, Villard does uh, some of that character design. And uh, Bob Pettit, who did a lot of art on Aqua Teen. And, of course, we have a great team of animators over at Awesome Incorporated. They're uh, knocking it out for us, yeah. This year in particular looks really good. It's really, really nice. The effects came out great. Yeah. Thanks, Henry. <laughs> I think that, that is definitely one difference between season one and where we are now. More and more because, you know, I don't know if it's just that the, <laughs> if these effects have gotten cheaper to do or we got an extra 20 bucks. But I, I think, like, so much of the show is green screen now. We, we had more practical elements the first season. and. Now, I'm just like the rest of the audience. I can't wait to see the episodes because I have no idea. 90% of what we did was on a green screen. So when I'm standing in a bar in the episode last week and the aquarium with the things floating in it, I mean, I had no idea what I was looking at or where. You know, it was just like, Matt, look over there. No, no, a little bit more to your right, a little bit left. So I, I feel like 
so much of the, the show now, at least the look of the show, is created more in post than it was in season one. And yet you guys still display a full range of emotion and characterization, which just goes to show that clearly the problem with the prequels was George Lucas's direction exclusively. It's really, honestly, it's the direction. <laughs> and that's what it comes to. <laughs> it's like, we, uh, we put emotions in there. I was actually very surprised by the last episode when I saw all the placements of everyone of being like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but I thought we were just going to see a blue before. But like, they did have vision. They did know. <laughs> guys put a, they put a lot of red. I saw the drawing. Dave and Chris do very, very crude childlike prison drawings of us as the as the like the the vision boards for each episode. <laughs> so you guys are the are the storyboard department as well as the writers and directors? A lot of the time I think we do have board artists, but sometimes we uh, we do a lot of it ourselves, I'd say. Yeah. We do very crude drawings of what we we're figuring it out as we go. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm in your mind. You know what I mean? Like, as you've been looking at it, you're just sitting drawing, and then it comes out as this squirrely, like, weird little thing. Well, I'll draw it, and then Bill will go, what if we do this instead? And I'll go, yeah, that, that looks better. <laughs> <laughs> That's more Savito. Savito played my dad in a web series that we, me and my girlfriend had created, and we were shooting, and he really fixed a lot of the blocking. Savito's very well trained. He's very good. Yeah, they're always like our first AD will go. Well, well we have a uh, how many more shots do you have? And so uh, I, I have. Um, let's see, I'm counting twelve, and they'll go. Well, you have four minutes to do them in. <laughs> and Matt will just go. Just put one camera here, one camera here. Uh, put a uh, third camera here. Put the fourth camera up here, and the fifth camera over here. And we're, we're like, well, we only have two cameras. And then he's like, oh wait, oh shit, this isn't Banshee. All uh, right. Uh, <laughs> Just put the one camera there, one camera here, and just make sure you took the lens caps off. I know you guys are using those shitty cameras. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still That's a good Servito. Yeah, it is a pretty good Servito. I should just take his role in this podcast. We're, Matt, are you still there? He just took a leak. The uh, editors also love uh, Servito because his action is always on point. If he has to pick up a hairbrush... He pretty much does it on the same part of the line on every take. It makes it very easy for him to edit. Henry, on the other hand, will be on the wall, or he'll be doing a handstand the next take. And and it's that contrast that we love. I think that's an important contrast. I think it kind of plays into your character. You can leave that in the middle of a scene, come back without a mustache. (laughs) (laughs) You can't tell a peacock how to regrow with feathers. All right, you can't take a river and, and change how it flows. <laughs> I am just, I don't know what to say, but I dance with nature. I am Dionysus' puppet. So, i also uh, not a trained actor. <laughs> One of the biggest changes in this season, so far at least, is that we haven't seen Gary's pal, Claude, anywhere. Are we going to see him, or has uh, Craig Rowan split ways the show for the time being? He's coming back. He's the man got to his head. Yeah, he's coming back. Cool. And is is I couldn't figure this out. Is Dana Snyder's character meant to be the same roommate character as he has been in the prior two seasons, or is he somebody else now? I knew this was going to come up. I, <laughs> I knew it was going to come up. You're creating a sore point. You're you're knifing a, a wound. You're you're cutting off a scab that was trying to heal. I'm but sorry. he's a different character. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, I like watching them on screen. I'm not complaining. I don't think anybody else will either. I was just, uh, just trying to. I know this isn't a, <laughs> this isn't a show that lives on continuity or anything, but uh, it's just kind of how my brain's been taught to interpret television shows. <laughs> no, it's a fair question. I think we decided we wanted this character to be. We could have had the roommate die and become a demon as well. That would have made a lot of sense. But I think uh, in our minds, this was a slightly different character. They had a slightly different relationship. Although that may not be apparent to anyone but us, but uh, that was our thinking. Yeah, we changed yeah. his soul pad. He's a different guy now. <laughs> you got to just embrace it and run with it. You just got to just say yes. Say yes to life. This is the problem here. <laughs> I think is that people got to say more. You got to say yes to just being like, cool. All right. No problem. <laughs> Consider it done. So I want to talk to both Henry and Matt about weird stories from an actor's perspective on this show because it's a very strange show and I'm sure has put you through a lot of strange experiences aside from, you know, just the general extreme red face paint. I'd say one of my favorite things was Matt Servito's son seeing Shane's collections of silicone vaginas that he had. I thought that was a fun... That was Those a fun were brought thing. to the workplace or was... <laughs> well, yeah, that's just a route. Um, I would say that's a weird one. Do you have like fleshlights in the break room or what, what, what is going on? Like, I want to know no, the story no, behind no. that. Shane does all our visual effects. He used to work for a type of uh, entertainment I'll call called Gorno, which is um, porno, but it's with heavy, heavy gore. And so like stuff <laughs> like two women, when they're supposed to like eat each other out, it's like they really eat each other out. Like you see him like ripping like <laughs> fake vaginas off each other and stuff. <laughs> and he's just got a whole drawer of them around. And they're really fun. I mean, they're fun to flap around. It looks like you get them and you flop around with them and stuff. It's like it's a very mature set. But we take all this stuff and we really we, we have fun with it. And then I remember seeing his son see them. And then we're like, look at the smile. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that's that's just more of the environment. That adds to the show, I think, in the back end. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm so... I don't find anything to be weird anymore. When I got shat in the mouth in the first season that we ended up having it cut because it was, of course, completely inappropriate for television. But I literally, like, was getting... I was put in this tub where I was hung upside down inside this tub wrapped in green screen material with the water right up to my baseline. And I had my feet hung up by a sea stand. And when I was in there, as I popped out of it, I had a, as I came out of the tub, people were, cla- were clapping, I guess, because it ended up being very funny. But then I ended up uh, having a crazy mushroom flashback where I, like, I started tripping balls out of nowhere. That was, <laughs> that was really weird. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then, I've had a lot of, there's a lot of stuff like that. We were in an apartment complex, and I was outside smoking a cigarette, and this woman came by, and she was like, you're the devil. And I was just like, I am, you know, I'm on television. She goes, I'm a prey for you, and then walked up. That was fun. <laughs> um, I like that shit. As an actor, otherwise, it's just, it's fun, like, also this time, too, with I have to be a beaver. And asking about, like, we have the whole thing where my head is put on a beaver's body, and then my beaver's, and then my body has a beaver's head. So I'm the beaver-headed Gary, beaver-headed Gary body. I was having to act like a beaver, but as me. So that was a really fun acting exercise. That's amazing. You could have uh, made that up entirely, and I would have believed it as part of the show, which is probably why it's such a great show. Beaverhead Gary, Gary body beaver, 
that that could be completely fake. You could have made that up, but I believe no, you. No, we did not. No, that is, <laughs> that is Dave and Chris's. That is a, it's brilliant for my. For, I love it. <laughs> it was very hard on the knees though, because everything's on concrete, and I'm in a blue screen suit, and everybody could see like all of my private, and I'm like lying around, and it was like, but it was fun. Then I scribed, built a dam with my hand. It was fun. <laughs> well, how about you, Matt? Most of it for me is, is the <laughs> after we're done shooting. Because I spend most of my day in high heels, so I have like a real sympathy for strippers after the like a 12-hour shift at like some shitty truck stop in Alabama somewhere. It, it's just, uh, and then you, you take you take home a lot of the makeup, whether you know as hard as you work, you still kind of have a a red tinge. <laughs> I mean, even like Henry, at times we can be out at that. One of my favorite stories is sitting at a restaurant. What we all get out of there, we rush to get out of there because we've been there a long time. We want to go get a drink or something to eat before we got to like go to bed, get to get up and do it again. So we rush to, we all rush, get to a restaurant. We meet, okay, I'll meet you there. We all get there like 10 o'clock. We sit down, we order, and then we stop and look at each other and we're like, Holy shit, dude! You have eyeliner on. You have glue stuck to the top of your head from your horns. These, we all have some red spots all over our face. And Henry, the waiter, the waiter thought Henry's ears were bleeding because he just had like this red stream coming out of both of his ears. <laughs> uh, but I do like remember the last time too. They were like just so. I walked past a guy. And he was like, "Hey man, your ears bleed." Like it's like fucking normal. Like, it's like a thing that, like, you can just say to someone, hey, your ears bleed, but, like, he's not, like, like, how dangerous that is. Like, how, like, how what kind, I'm at a restaurant. Like, I could be fucking, I could have Ebola. That's a good you know, point. I mean, like, you know, like, that's a vicious disease. If you're bleeding from the ears, like, that's bad, man. They didn't seem to care. You're upset that people aren't more upset when your ears are bleeding. With something like that, <laughs> if you see somebody's ears are bleeding, you should be like, fuck, dude, dude. I'll remember to panic next time I see something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's like the first Henry, sign of you... a rage virus. <laughs> Henry, do you remember season one when we were staying in that hotel and we were sleeping in these uh, hotel rooms with white sheets? So there's all this red residue all over our sheets, our pillowcases, our towels. And our maid spoke very little English, and I'm convinced they thought we were doing some sort of like voodoo or something <laughs> in our rooms, or, or we were killing people. Like it was a crime scene, and so we were kind of paying them a lot of money to just keep cleaning the stuff and not asking. Shut anybody. up! Yeah, oh, no. don't even think about this. Don't even think about this. Like I just say something yeah. like, "Why are you?" Don't even mention like a cat. Like just don't, just don't acknowledge it because you're just going to get yourself in trouble. Like I would say stuff like that, being like, "Don't call attention to this." You don't want to yeah. be a part of this. Well, I mean, you got to give them some credit because they're probably professionals that have to deal with blood occasionally, and <laughs> they would probably know that it's going to turn brown. So, but that's why I think this was so weird because they, they, I'm sure they're thinking there's no way that's makeup. Like, what is that? Because my entire sheets were red, like <laughs> you know, all over the place. So it's kind of like, what if it's not blood? What is it? That can't be makeup, you know. And of course, it was. That's the thing. Leave blood you can see. Semen goes clear. <laughs> and if you go in one of those places, I mean, like, that's the worst also part of being everything covered in red and stuff is that, like, you're alone in a hotel room for months and months and months. Like, I'm blowing through moisturizer like I'm, like, I'm Oprah. Like, I, like, they must think I have the softest skin in the world. And then it gets to a point where they just, like, they stop giving it to you. <laughs> When it really makes me sad of being like, don't tell me not to masturbate in here because it comes down to being like, you want me empty. 
Because you don't want me out on the street all full of it. Because then I get unpredictable. That's when people start to change. Well, uh, Casper and Dave, I haven't seen any uh, long-term previews for the re- the rest of the season. Any kind of teases as to plot lines coming up for season three? I think Three Demons and a Demon Baby that just oh. aired really good. We have an episode where an extraterrestrial comes to Earth to bring a message of peace and is shot by an eight-year-old with an assault rifle. Oh, and, man. Because <laughs> he doesn't believe in Jesus Christ because he didn't know who Jesus Christ was. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. He goes straight to hell. And, uh, <laughs> Gary, like, you, like you do. Gary has to, yeah, and Gary has to um, get his body back so he can go back to his home planet. There's one where um, we learned that Ted was like a Unabomber. That he was like a really illiterate environmental terrorist called the Tree Huger Bomber. <laughs> he gets frustrated when he celebrates his 25th year in hell when he doesn't get the respect he deserves. So he starts figuring out how to bomb everybody. We hire a torture consultant. The Satan's getting tired of the same stale whippings and scrotum gougings and brings in uh, John Glazer. Oh, wow. Of John Glazer Loves Gear to uh, be an outside consultant to sort of rev up uh, the torture in hell. We have one where uh, Dustin Diamond dies and goes to hell and uh, plays himself in hell as well. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. He is great. That sounds like a an, an fantastic collection of stories. I, I can't wait to see those. So, I mean, it's our best shit yet. Now, you mentioned the thing with the, the alien and him going to hell. I'm sure you, you don't have concrete rules for how hell works in this universe, but I'm curious what thought you've put into it, because it seems like it's a, it's an interesting setup, especially what with the episode from last season where there's heaven and, and everybody in there is uh, they're a special kind of uh, deranged at their own styling there. We've talked about it a little bit. I think Dave and I are kind of using the rules that we were taught as Methodists growing up. The vague impressions of what the general consensus of who's going to hell and who's not. Basically, anybody who doesn't believe in Jesus goes to hell, no matter how good you are. So I suppose Gandhi's in hell. Let's see, pull the favor. That's a great um, idea. That is a good idea. You should yeah, explore this is a, that. This is a love letter. 
Dolph who said that we would be ever eternally burning. I honestly would we love to have the, a thing with the with all the revisionist shit with Mother Teresa and her down there. <laughs> well, I mean, the hardcore hardcore Methodists think all Catholics are down there. You're Jack Chick people. We live a horror religion. So we worship a screaming zombie. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're a little bit more forgiving than South Park. But for them, it's only Mormons that are allowed into heaven. True. But, you know, the, the, the Mormon thing, though, is even the non-believers who are okay, like someone like me or you, now that I know you that well, but I'll assume, uh, their afterlife is basically like Earth, which I'm like, that is a very good deal. That is a reasonable deal. I'll take it. <laughs> we don't get that here. It's either unending bliss or unending torture. And the bliss is all golf courses, which seems kind of torturous. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely. Speak for yourself. <laughs> and we already had a character uh, who was from a small African village who just never heard the word of Christ. No mercy for him. <laughs> He's like, I didn't learn about Jesus till I got here. <laughs> that, that, that guy's name was like, was was Ubuntu, right? <laughs> yeah. I, get, I really hope someone will get truly upset this year. I feel like every year we really miss people get really, really upset. And I feel like we deserve it. I feel like we deserve somebody like protesting the show. That's what I want to do. I want to get death threats from doing the show. And that's how you keep doing the show, man. Can someone tweet out to the Westboro Baptist Church guys? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the last episode, well, I guess it was two weeks ago uh, as of this release. But, uh, you know, if you broadcast that in, uh, you know, the Middle East or something, I think you would get quite a reaction. <laughs> mm -hmm. They'd be like, we get adult swim now? Oh, my gosh. Cool. <laughs> Where's Venture Brothers? Where's uh, Rick and Morty? <laughs> yeah, where's Ben Lockelow? Yeah. <laughs> Any stuff coming up that uh, folks should keep an eye out for? We started a chain of restaurants that are going to come out. It's called, uh, called Spooglers. And it's a restaurant where you do cut their dicks out where they're uh, serving uh, chicken wings and beers. That's and great. going to be really great. Have you ever heard of the late 1970s porno uh, Barber Broadcast? No. I haven't watched the whole film, but it has one of the most incredible opening scenes in all of cinema. It's very well shot. It's some kind of exclusive underground sex restaurant. And um, there's this famous published prostitute, Barbara Broadcast, there meeting up with a journalist. And they order their meals that involves like a dude jizzing on some salad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Check Back it out. Home. It's super surreal. All right. <laughs> Weird. I know what I'm doing right now. <laughs> will Fuglers be like Hooters where weirdly families will go and the dad will say, yeah. but no, they have really good wings. <laughs> like the wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The goal is to go and have people show up and then they, they, they're like all flirty and fun. You know what I mean? They're like flirty and you kind of think like, I think this one kind of likes me. Like kind of like that. <laughs> the difference between a man and a woman is that with a man you could tell by if he likes you is if he's got a raging erection. <laughs> and then they ring a bell like Trader Joe's, right? When they get an even number. <laughs> oh man, get your wings, and you just feel like, oh, I guess he gets a good tip because that guy is rock hard. <laughs> really going for it. Um, no, I'm actually going to be on. Um, I'm going to be on the show Crashing on HBO. So that's my plug. Right on. And my podcast, the last podcast on the left. 
Yeah, I, I actually uh, just got turned on to that recently. Quality show. Everybody should check it out. I have a competing restaurant. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, we have a, a, a Squidbillies uh, Thanksgiving episode coming up, and I think between Chris and myself, we have seven failed screenplays that we're looking to sell. So <laughs> there are any rich benefactors out there that are looking to log through some really long, tedious, somewhat amateurish. These were all written in our early 20s. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and for those of you who think that you don't have enough money to buy these things, every week that goes by, it gets cheaper to buy them. So you just, if you're a dentist or a dermatologist with just some walking around money that you want to get rid of, please buy our script. We have a sci-fi sex comedy that we're looking to sell. It's the last American virgin, but set in space. (laughs) That sounds great. (laughs) No shit, right? Mm. I know. I'm going to bring you to the pitch meeting. Okay. Like literally, it's like, it's like a pretty good pitch. Like that's like a solid one-liner. Yeah, I agree. The recent Squidbillies Halloween special was great, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah, we actually animated it. Well, wait, there was it was weird because, like, am I wrong that there was, like, a big boost in frame rate for at least half the episode? Oh, wow. We're talking animation, are we? I, uh, yes. Yeah. No. It, it, <laughs> yes. We, we actually storyboarded it, which we never do. Ha, ha, ha. Very funny. No, seriously. And that's uh, <laughs> hilarious. It's a massive undertaking to do that whole zombie squash second half of the show. But yeah, we, yeah we're very proud of it. It came out really good. It did. I'm doing another uh, 4AM thing. Oh. One shot thing. This the, one's uh... about video games. And I'm also uh, taking a lot of meetings, which you get to do. <laughs> When you're a certain level in Hollywood, no pressure following up the you know international sensation too many cooks. So yeah, yeah, that was uh, I'm a one hit wonder. What do you want? <laughs> oh man, I actually don't think you're a one hit wonder. I just think it comes down to you can't catch a tiger by a tail every time you want to go out to the jungle, man. Are you more proud of too many cooks or your children? Ah. Uh... The hesitate is the answer. Uh, <laughs> the 4 a.m. video game thing. When is that? Uh, when is that running? Has that been filmed yet? No, we're, I think we're going to shoot it. Uh, we've written it. We're casting it. We're going to shoot it uh, December, I think. So it'll be a while. It'll be a while. Am I in it? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> well, let's talk <laughs> offline then. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's how you get in these things. Don't you have a character from Avatar that's painted like all blue? Yes. You can play we'll that. Do that. Do that. Completely do that. blue character. You're acting as if I have standards. You're acting as if I'm a You're like, oh, no, that's horrible. I would never do that. I eat shit for you. You literally squirted one shit into my mouth while I was almost drowning. What was that shit made out of? Brownies. It's not so bad. And the small amount of actual fecal matter. Real shit. Just, yeah. just the tiniest bit of real shit. <laughs> Only they know has Matt Trevito been taken to the hospital, by the way? <laughs> yeah, is that what I just heard? I'm halfway through Barbara broadcast on my laptop. <laughs> 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 it's seriously so fucking good. Are you, are you seriously watching it? That's hilarious. Yes. I'll be doing a production of Hamlet with Jeffrey Tambor and Kevin Klein at the New Haven Playhouse 
no, I'm not. Really? <laughs> I was excited. I was all in it on that. You guys believe that. I know. Uh, no, sadly, I'm, I'm over uh, doing network television, which is just so painful after having the kind of uh, wackadoodle fun we have on uh, on your pretty face. Uh, but it's doing pedestrian procedural type uh, drama. I'm on the blacklist uh, for a little while longer and uh, doing a recurring on Billions over on Showtime. So uh, You're on Billions? Uh, yeah, yep. doing billions. Me and Giamatti, like, going head-to-head, like, snarling and, and you know, doing our uh, our best drama school acting. That's awesome. Hey, um, can I ask, are there openings on that? <laughs> <laughs> no, Henry. We didn't talk about what we just spent the weekend doing, the, the, the little love affair over on uh, Trollville. Yes, you played my father. We're not sure where the home's going to be, but my uh, web series is called Trollville, where I play an internet troll. And then I basically learn lessons from the shit I pull on the internet. And then Master Beetle plays my father, who is like a dude that does like uh, the fappening, where he like releases a bunch of bleak nude pictures. So it's fun. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Is that in edit right now? What's happening with that? We are in post. That's exciting. Yeah. Yes, I am. I am very excited. Cool. Well, everybody should keep an eye out for that. How many episodes are in season three? Twelve? Yes. Yeah. And we're airing six, and then we're airing the next six. I think in early spring. Oh, quite a gap. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's how we keep people on the hook. Well, then, all right. You got, everybody should check out Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. If you're not currently watching it, you're making a terrible mistake that will probably lead you to hell. Thank you. Hail Satan. Yeah, hail Satan. May you reign for a million years. My dwarf and, and Slars. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I knew I would not be disappointed by weird shit occurring behind the scenes on the show. Yeah, and that red paint that they cover themselves in, I knew that that had to cause some sort of problems because that looks layered really thick. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, and I re- as I recall, and it's been years since we recorded the last one of these, I remember them saying something like they actually depleted the resources for red body paint in, in Atlanta. <laughs> there was a brief crisis or maybe a sustained crisis of not having and enough red And then they learned paint. about Amazon. <laughs> it was very different back then you know it was, you just you don't understand three years ago it was like the dark ages so if you enjoyed this episode we're entirely listener supported please consider supporting the entire nerdy show network we have a patreon at patreon.com slash nerdy show or nerdy show.com slash patreon it's weird yeah either works you can make a mistake and you'll still get to the right place wow <laughs> We provide all kinds of extra material, including some outtakes from our previous interview with these guys and uh, probably some from this one as well. We've got some other great ways to help us out, too. Just go to nerdyshow.com slash support, and there's ways to help out even without money by using our Amazon, or you can just tell a friend, which is one of the most <laughs> underrated and uh, best things to do for us is just tell a friend. Uh, Don't underestimate the power of friendship. Yeah, introduce them to the show, and uh, you know if they like it, that can be worth way more than subscribing to Patreon or something if you're not able to do that. So true. Anything you do can help us a lot. Uh, you did mention Amazon, though, and you can follow our Amazon links and you will be spending money. You'll be spending your money, but you'll be just spending the money you'd already be spending and it will in turn help us out. And that's great. Or you can change other people's links to Amazon, like just alter their bookmarks. That's what I do. <laughs> Perfect for libraries. Great. You should totally do that. Yeah, and just change all Amazon links to be our affiliate link. In fact, we actually have a message here from a, from a fan who used our Amazon to full effect. Jeffrey McSorley, he wrote in and he said, Use your Amazon to pay for my season seven of The Walking Dead. You know, because no cable means I have to watch it all a day late. 
Hopefully it helps. Just like you, Boar, if you wanted to watch your pretty faces going to hell, one of the options could be watching it digitally on Amazon and using our Amazon links, which we'll have linked on this episode's page, to watch your pretty faces going to hell. You have to pay money for it. Buy the digital but the di- you, buy, you buy the digital episodes. Yeah. And then, boom, Nerdy Show profits from that as well. You were going to buy it anyway. Aces. Jeffrey also added that he did not know until Steve-O, host of Friday Night Fan Fiction, told him that digital purchases work as well. So yeah, you can buy a DVD set or you can buy digital versions. It's all good. It all supports Nerdy Show. And uh, if you message us about it, we will talk about your purchases. Like all those Raspberry Pis I've been buying lately, I keep buying them through the Nerdy Show link. So we get a little kickback for for the show from my new obsession with tiny computers. And also delicious raspberry pies. I don't know if they're available on there, but perhaps. Well, now I'm gonna look. I mean, honestly, and I'll be, I'll be, I'll be frank with you about this. And I know this probably makes me sound just, I don't know, old as dirt. But I know what a raspberry pie is. I've known what a raspberry pie is for ages. But, but at the same time, it it does legitimately, simultaneously, conjure up synesthetic emotions in my head that tells me that I want a raspberry pie. It does a, a yeah. physical raspberry pie. You know, made of fruit. Uh, you've been talking about it for weeks now, and I, I, I'm in my own private version of hell. <laughs> because we, we never follow through with the pies. I don't know where to get one. I guess I'll have to make it. I think they're out of season. That, that's probably true. And, and, and I don't know. I don't know where I'll go, but I'll, I have needs. Do they have raspberries in Australia? Maybe. I don't know. If it's an invasive species, maybe not. Anyway, we should move on. Chilean raspberries are actually overfished, I've heard. <laughs> So it's best to get it from someplace else. If you've got a little bit of spare time and you dug this, please rate and review us on iTunes. We could certainly use your love. And if you leave us a review, uh, we'll read it on the show. Current event stuff, some stuff you should know about. We've been on about this for a little while now, but we recently launched Lightning Dogs, the official podcast. It is our love letter to 80s and 90s animation and sci-fi. It's a crazy idea we came up with on the show several years ago, and it snowballed into... Basically us building this entire world for a would-be animated series. It's about anthropomorphic dogs from another world traveling to a post-apocalyptic Earth ruled over by the villainous and weirdly sexy Glampire. There's no humans left. It's all just a bunch of genetic soup, mutants, Halloween abortions, as I called them for a while until we came up with a canonical name for them. And the series, the podcast itself, is a documentary from the moment that we first accidentally came up with the idea to every single world-building session from there and has now turned into basically a quest for us to actually turn it into an animated series. So you can check all that out at lightningdogs.com and uh, hopefully fall in love with the uh, show as much as we did because we're, uh, we're trying to build it from the ground up and explore a lot of cool avenues for ways to make this a real thing. We've got a lot of um, concept art that we've produced and that we've also paid for, and right now one of the goals we're working towards on the Lightning Dog standalone Patreon is to uh, have Greg Weissman, creator of Gargoyles, co-creator of Young Justice, he's going to consult on our pitch Bible. He's going to advise us on uh, how it looks and how we should move forward, and that's one of our first big goals there. We've actually, as of like a day in, we're already halfway to our first goal, which is just meeting our minimum cost for freelancers, which is absolutely incredible. So thanks to everybody who's who supported us there as well. All right. So that's the episode. However, however, things are going to get a bit weird coming up with the next episode because I won't be around. But maybe if you live anywhere near North Carolina, you can meet me in person. While I'm not recording an episode of Nerdy Show, I'm going to be at North Carolina Comic Con, which is in Durham, North Carolina, for uh, November 11th through the 13th. And uh, I'm going to be there with Aaron, host of a comic show, intermittent host here on Nerdy Show. 
we're going to be chilling with all of the creatives behind DC's new imprint, Young Animal, including my chemical romance singer, Gerard Way, who I don't care how you feel about his music. His comic books are great. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. We're running some panels. I'm emceeing the Guardians of the Gala big dance there. And Moogfest is going to be there. And I love Moogfest. So come to Durham, North Carolina, and let's have a fucking good time. There's going to be a festival at this dance? Well, I don't actually know what they're doing yet. But basically, Moogfest, as of this year, is also in Durham. They were formerly in Asheville. And they have some kind of presence there that's going to be at the dance that I'm hosting. Ah, So I'm definitely going to be informed about it before the actual dance happens because I'm a professional, Mm goddammit. But I'm very enthused that we're overlapping in that respect because uh, that's like my favorite festival ever. Maybe you can get some official Camp Fan Gamer licensed mayonnaise hole going too. Oh, man, that would be a dream. That would be a beautiful, pasty white whipped up dream. (laughs) If if I could get if I could get a whole crowd of costumed would be dancers instead of awkwardly dancing, Help, just helping each other lean towards a clap, mayonnaise hole or clapping and chanting mayonnaise hole mayonnaise hole that would just make my life really. Um, but unfortunately, the Camp Fan Gamer authorized mayonnaise hole is not uh, yet available to retail yet, and I have no details on it. Hmm. For more information on Mayonnaise Hole... We're just going to have to start that underground league. Uh, I mean, they're they're interested in us starting such an underground league. They would be in full support of that. Mayonnaise Hole is... a oh God, we, we've we've crawled, crawled into our own Mayonnaise Hole right now with the problem of explaining Mayonnaise Hole, which took us some time before. We'll refer you to a prior episode of Nerdy Show, wherein we describe a bizarre new game, which is going to be the future sport of the 21st century, called Mayonnaise Hole. And it's, uh, it's a lot more fun than it sounds, or maybe as much fun as, as it sounds, depending on how you feel about mayonnaise. I personally hate mayonnaise, but I love mayonnaise whole. Go figure. So we'll, we'll link to that. And uh, in the future, if I've read all of my tarot cards correctly, maybe mayonnaise whole will be the future sport, and maybe you'll have heard it here first. And maybe you, you'll go cheer on our league when we play the mayonnaise whole international on the moon base. <laughs> mayonnaise hole you heard it here first i admittedly i mean i'm gonna hope that they have gravitational adapters to kind of like make it earth normal in the moon base because otherwise we're not playing legal mayonnaise hole we haven't had to write rules pertaining to um you know the gravitational forces somebody needs sa- to invent grav plating yeah they do get on it elon and then we could have intersolar mayonnaise hole like this is what it would be like to have play mayonnaise hole on uranus like where your head's at. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Nerdy Show. Taking us out is a nerdcore classic from the 2006 record, The Graduate. This is MC Lars featuring Adult Swim alumni MC Chris in The Roommate from Hell. Hey, welcome to Merely's Orientation. My name is Nate, and I'll be your RA for this year. Today, we'll be moving into our dorms and building community. So go get your keys from the main office, come back, and get ready to meet your roommates. Alright? Alright? He was the roommate from hell! He was the roommate from hell! Satan was my roommate, so junior year was hell. He lacked social skills and had a pungent smell. When your roommate is the devil, it can be extremely wild. On the wall of trapped in Nickelback Until the break of dawn He'd be mutilating sheep It's 4am Satan Can you please go to sleep 
I can't have girls over when the dorm smells like sterno. When did room 56 become Dante's Inferno? He likes death and destruction. I like radio and art. He likes holding down Christians and reading Jean-Paul Sartre while I'm going to class, studying my notes. He's eating baby fetuses and sacrificing goats. He tricks the freshman girls into eating apples, holding black masses down at the campus chapel. Should have never moved in. Wish I were Craigslist instead. He was the roommate from hell. His name was Lucifer. Someone call a priest and bring the crucifer. He was the roommate from hell. Leaves his pitchfork in my bed. I'm in a satanic panic because he is messing with my head. He was the roommate from hell. His name was Lucifer. Someone call a priest and bring the crucifer. He was the roommate from hell. Leaves his pitchfork in my bed. I'm in a satanic panic because he is messing with my head. Okay, but wait, Satan, that's too much? Boy, you need a big slap. Not my fault, we're mismatched. You geek out over big man's world. I dig a world of witchcraft. You thinking that I'm riffraff, huffing on a dish rag. I am just a player, play slayer that I kick back. I know I reek us off, I leave the shower curtain open. I come home drunk, make crank calls to queens in that Hoboken. But college is like Salem, all these bitches be so smoking. If you're thinking that I'm leaving, then I'm thinking that you're joking. I Chilean raspberries. I'm into this. On Amazon. Boop, yeah. boop, 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 boop. Do, 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 do. One star review. These Chilean raspberries are overfished. <laughs> ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey guys, welcome to Giggly Squad, a place where we make fun of everything, but most importantly, ourselves. I'm Paige DeSorbo. I'm Hannah Burner. Welcome to the squad. Giggly Squad started on Summer House when we were giggling during an inappropriate time. But of course, we can't be managed. So we decided to start this podcast to continue giggling. We will make fun of pop culture news. We're watching. Fashion trends. Pep talks where we give advice. Mental health moments. And games and guests. Listen to Giggly Squad on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs> 